Scene 11. The Fliffy Gangster. Terry Ward. Genie Convention. Okay, we're here at the Genie Convention. Uh, once again, Joshua Stenkamp. Jason Weddington. And we are interviewing Mr. Terry Ward. Hello. Howdy. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing awesome. Good. Um, so I just kind of start off. Uh, we kind of had this pretty laid back conversation, like we said before. And um, we really want to talk about some of the character development that you've done for your uh, your Jack Diamond character. Mm-hmm. And the first question we have is, how did you get your start into performing? I started, uh, I started performing uh, in high school. And I uh, was in Germany and... I started taking theater classes and then I started to take mime. So I took theater and mime. And then when I came back to the States in 1977, 76, somewhere around there. Um, no, it was later than that. I'm sorry. Cause I graduated from high school in 81. Uh, so it was around 79. I came into the States and we were lucky enough to move to the Washington DC metropolitan area. We lived in Northern Virginia and I started taking more theater classes. And then I found ring 50, which was the magic ring that I went to. And I just kept, you know, I just kind of, I kept my hand in magic and I kept my hand in theater. And then when I finally decided that I wanted to be an entertainer of some type, I wasn't sure what, uh, that's when I decided to go to school and study theater. So I went um, first to a community college and was studying theater there. I was trying to get rid of all my, you know, math and sciences and all to get that stuff out of the way. So that when I decided what school I was actually going to attend, right, uh, just to take my true, you know, passion, um, that I wouldn't be wasting my time there or my parents' money. Nice. And I was lucky enough to go to a small school. It was um in northern uh, North Carolina. It's called Catawba College, of which I'm now being inducted into the my hall, the Hall of Fame for the oh, theater nice. group at my college. This Congratulations. This month, as a matter of fact. Yeah, this month. Sure. So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. So that's how I started. I started doing theater, and then, but I also noticed that while I was in college doing theater, that I, I could make more money in the summer being a magician than I could being an actor working summer stop. So I kind of leaned toward the magic, but um, they both improved as my years in college went along. The magic got better, the acting got better, and uh, so they kind of, you know, they kind of each other. Yeah, cut each other. That's a good word for it. And so uh, that's sort of how I got my start. And then I auditioned early on uh, for Carowinds, which was an amusement park in uh, North Carolina. And uh, I didn't get accepted, but I did get accepted at their uh, one of their sister parks, which was in Richmond, Virginia. So I started working there in 1983, and I worked there every summer for five summers after that. Wow! And made enough money there to you know get me through every year of college. I mean, you know, my parents obviously paid for my college, but I made enough money to support you know books and all the other stuff that I had to buy. So it was, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of it was uh, just kind of seemed like a lot of lucky things that happened along the way, you know, sure. that I couldn't get a job at Carowinds, but I could get a job, at, you know, and I eventually even worked at their park up in at Kings Island in um, Cincinnati, Ohio, 
And I worked up there for one of the, I used to have what was called Winterfest. And I did magic in their fest house. So I'd always been at, it's kind of odd, I've always been in amusement parks. You know, amusement parks, theme parks, you know. Um, so you perform at the Walt Disney World? Yeah. And you have a, a character called Jack Dog. Yes. Creating that character, is it is it a version of Terry Ward, or is it a complete transformation? I think kind of the wise, the wise guyness of him is a little bit of what Terry Ward would like to do, but doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> because of how I've been brought up. But there, under the guise of that character, I think he can kind of get away with certain things that I probably would not get away with in my own personal life. Right you know, like, there I'm not afraid to turn to somebody and call him an imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dealing with complete imbeciles! <laughs> and in my personal life, I don't think I would ever have the gumption to actually say that to somebody. Right. <laughs> where, where did that character start? Well, you know, the first character I started with was, uh, was English. He was... Uh, the costume kind of does it for me at times. Um, even when I was doing shows in college, the moment I got the costume on, it kind of kind of gave me my, you know, how I was going to approach my walk and my position. And some of my uh, acting uh, teachers hated that because they thought I waited too long to find a sense of the character. But for some reason, always when the costume goes on, you just seem to find stature, the walk, you know, how he's going to approach uh, people in his life. And, and with my first costume, it didn't, it did not in any way look like it was, it looked like an English type of costume. And then the next costume I received kind of looked gangster, like a gangster, like a forties gangster. And that's kind of when I went with this gangster kind of character. But um, the director that came in, at the time, thought that particular character was a little too curmudgeon-y. And uh, he wanted him to be a little bit more uplifted. So uh, he said, I want you to come with a completely different character. Uh, I want you to come up with a new name. But I'd, I want him to be more... Um, he had a saying called Fliffy, which was fun, lovable, funny, uh, and... Um, I forget what the other things was. Oh gosh, I have to think that through. But it was uh, Fliffy was the word he used for everyone. Fun, fun, lovable, funny, and maybe fantastic or something like that. I can't know what it is. Uh, but it was a great, uh, it was a great little acronym that he came up with, and it really it made a lot of sense. And um, he thought the other character was a little too curmudgeon-y and he wanted to be a little bit more upbeat. So he came up with some really neat things that he told us, like uh, an internal song. Like Jack Diamond has an internal song. And on the days when you kind of go out there and you're like, I got to talk to one more little kid, pop him in the mouth, you know, I can just kind of sing that little internal song and it kind of gets me back into finding, you know, finding Jack. You know, where Jack lives. It's like a, it's like a specific <laughs> rhythm that Jack is at. Yes, it's his rhythm. Yeah. And there are some days when I'll walk on set singing it, just because, you know, it kind of puts me in that mood. When, um, 
when you're doing Jack Diamond, because I mean I've seen your show a few times, going to the parks, and I love it. When you're when you're doing uh, certain effects, are you finding effects that fit Jack, Jack Diamond, or can Jack Diamond do any effect because it transfers over? Pretty much any effect that I do as Jack Diamond, I do as myself. There's just a, a, a less of a, a, a kind of a harshness to it. I mean, there's not as much of an edge, you know. Um, there are some lines that I can he can say the same, uh, that I can say the same, but there are others that you kind of have to soften them or change them up a little bit. Um, then, and some like the line I used today with the kid who was, said he went to private school, and I take that bell and put it over the center shell and say, I'll help you out, because we already know you probably have some issues. <laughs> and Jack, Jack says it a little bit harder, you know, a little harsh, but I, I say it, but kind of come off a little bit more, you know, not so harsh. You went to school for theater. Um, I'm also a, was a theater major. What influences in theater transferred over to the magic? I mean, is it did you, for instance, will take like Stan Slossy for his an actor for Paris? But was there anything that when you read that and you went, "This is the way I want to do it, and I'm going to put it towards my 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 act"? Or my training was mainly Lasac, okay. so I studied a lot of Lasac, and I I used a lot of Lasac in my acting, and um, just more about body movement, uh, breathing, timing, pauses. And I think I've added a lot of that into into my magic. And there are even and there are even times, uh, you know, when I see something in a movie that I think, oh, that's kind of a that was a neat pause or that was a neat take. And I I, I, I try and see if I can apply it somewhere in my show, you know, because I just like I like the timing of that. Or the, you know, like there's that one thing that uh, I don't know if you ever seen. He's a comedian, but he dresses kind of in drag. Yeah, Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. And he does that thing about um, Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so great. And there's that you know that moment where he goes, he's, no. You know, yeah, he, no. You know. And I've always tried to find a place for that because I just thought that's so strange. I've never found a place for it. <laughs> but I, it is in the back of my head. And one day, hopefully, it's I will quick, you know, yeah. and we'll find it. But there are moments like that that you see. Uh, uh, you see, like the um, the moment where I say in my show, uh, um, uh, I'm talking about uh, about uh, oh, what is it? Uh, shoot, I did it today, and today it, uh, for some reason it kind of kind of took it even a little further than I normally take it. Uh, and I say, um, well, that's what I say. Uh, I push the bell over, and I say, this is a. Uh, uh, when I'm such, if the kid's in public school, I say, no child shall be left behind. <laughs> and I say, that's what they say. They didn't, and I go, they didn't say that my day. My day, you just, you just got left behind. And then, <laughs> so you, and then you get that kind of like, and not everybody got to play in the games. And not everybody got a trophy. You know, like that. And today I even, I just dropped my head on the guy's shoulder next to me like I was crying. <laughs> just, you know, so there are certain, certain, but those are, those are moments that I, I've seen in movies and I'm like, I like that moment and I want to take that and I want to transfer that and put that in, in my match. There's a, it's, it's like way too good. Like almost like that, but the happy moments that you talk yeah, about. Like, I, I love how you say that you find things and you put it in your show. Is there anything that's happened while you're doing your show that was, 
you just stumbled upon it and it just well, like a happy accident. Yeah, like a happy accident. Oh, I love happy accidents. Some of my probably best lines come from happy accidents. You know, where somebody says something, and I like, you know, or a mental note because that was just a great line. And they happen all the time, and um, and you'll stick them in a show, and it's uh, like what happened um, with my. Uh, I do that Jack in the Box trick, and I never, you know, one day I I just did a it was a card and change in a box and one day I flipped over the card having to be a jack and I put the jack and I said you know what that's called and I had another joke for it then the guy says it's called a jack in the box and I went better joke better <laughs> joke <laughs> and then now even being Jack Diamond my favorite card happens to be the you know and the kids will go ace of diamonds you know or something like that. Like, no we're jack diamonds you know and so then I've, I've got that you know play with using the jack of diamonds as the card goes in the box and and I've even, I, that's even become a more theatrical uh, thing, you know, because now it used to be I just put the jack in the box and I wind it up. But now I describe the whole box. Right. So you remember what the box looked like? I didn't like it. My box had a bunch of clowns painted around it. As a child, I didn't like clowns. Now, some of my best friends are clowns. You know? <laughs> and if there's some guy standing next to me, I'll come. And then the box had a little handle, and the handle made a sound, a noise, some music. I didn't like the music as a child. Now, I find it to be rather relaxing. And then I, then I do the thing. So it, you find moments to take little pieces and make them into, you know. How long do you do the evolution of those pieces? Just you're constantly working on them or constantly finding? Some still happening. Yeah. Just like the uh it happened the other day with the P and Shell game. Uh, for years, when somebody used to pick bell, the shell number three when the bell was on it, mm -hmm. I'd push that forward, and then it would be underneath both of the other ones. And then, then a couple months ago, I pushed the thing forward. I picked up the bell, moved it to the side, then moved it to, loaded the P underneath the bell, right on, which I hadn't done before in that sequence, right. Now I'm gold. They can pick anyone they want. Go ahead. <laughs> Did it the other day. Bedwell was there, and some dad says, I know how you do that. You move this. And the kid, his kid's going, it's two. It's two. And the dad goes, no, it isn't. I saw him, it's number three. And I said, oh, it's not number two. I'm sorry. He said, I told you it's number three. I said, it's not number one. See, I told you it's number three. And I went, no, I told you. Take your, don't take your off the bell. And like Bedwell, you saw Steve and they were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really kind of cool, kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there anything that you do before you uh, go out to perform to kind of get yourself into uh, into the character? Another character? The song? Or... Yeah. Besides the song, is there anything like before, even tonight, before you go on stage, is there any you know little backstage ritual that you do before you ever come out to perform? I just try to kind of visually visualize the effects I'm doing, kind of like a mental practice, you know, to go through them. But even sometimes that gets... Because then you're trying, then you're trying to put things in there that maybe you're not going to get. Right. You know? Right. So I, I mainly just try and breathe and relax before I go on, and hope that everything kind of falls into place. Right. Like today, I was, I knew I had a bill on stage, but I couldn't find a bob, and I was looking for a bob, you know, and I couldn't find a bob. Right. <laughs> there are just uh, there are some names out there that I that I use. I used it. I learned it from Doc Eason. He was always talking about. You know, making people's names memorable, right. and uh, so I've done that with people's names. I try and say something a quick about it, or like today I had a guy named Pierre, and so like, 
Pierre. <laughs> I am from Canada, you know. Just, just, just to make it. Just a, it makes it interesting right. for him, you know. Right. And um, yeah. What was the question? I think I'm. <laughs> no, no, you, you, I just zoned out it. Um, and also, do you have any uh, influences when you were starting arts? I mean, doing theater, reading all the methods, the Grotowski, the, the Lissac. Um, was there anything, any buddy or any specific, I don't know, method that would give you influence? No, I, was, I, was a pretty, I was a pretty shy kid. <clears throat> so growing up, it's unfortunate because I didn't know a lot of uh, other magicians. And it took me a while to even get into... Ring fifty, because I was just—I mean, you know, I was just a young kid trying to figure the whole thing out, you know. Um, not till later in life did I meet, uh, you know, people who I uh, appreciated and who um, were willing to. You know, I, my te- my first teacher was named Dave Laterman. He was one of the original thirteen mystics from New York. He was an optometrist, but he could do an hour and a half out of one of those little old-fashioned camera wow. bags, you know, wow. hour and a half, you could do sponge balls, um, gypsy thread, just, just cards, thimbles, and it was just, he was a great teacher, and he, and he never, he never, he taught me about performance, too, which was uh, very important, um, and then um, after him, well, my first teacher, actually, was over in Germany, his name was Ray Lard. It was name. He was. I go bag groceries, and then I go see him, and I go, uh, you know, take a lesson from him. He was my real first teacher. I lost track of him. And Mr. Laterman unfortunately passed away, and then when I moved, you know, I was in Orlando. I met Jack Hodell, and he kind of, you know, steered me right. in the right direction for certain things. We sat at his card table a lot, you know, playing around with displays, proper way to. Uh, put something on the table or make a spread. So yeah, those are those are the people. The pe- my teachers, I guess, were the people who had influence. My teachers in college, uh, mainly my uh, acting teachers. Um, one of them just retired. Uh, another one was a teacher who was uh, he was directed me in Barnum, and he was and he was always just. One of those cool teachers. That says, hey, let's go. Uh, we're going camping. Let's go camping. You know, just one of those kind of great people who just you know. And I think mainly, yeah, teachers. I think teachers were really important to me along the way. And then later on in my twenties, when I started to meet other magicians, uh, I wish I'd I'd been involved. Uh, you know, at a younger age. That's when I started to make, you know, friends and magic, and sure. I still have the, you know, many of them to this day. You know, people I can approach and feel comfortable about talking about, you know, what's working, what's not working. And what advice would you have to the uh, the next generation? I mean, everything you've said is advice, but any specific key points that you would give to the next generation of performer? I think the, I think you need to really look at the past. I think you need to look at the past and see what people were doing and try and you know bring that type of thing into the future um, I admire all the people who are out there you know professionals who are working full-time because 
you know, they know what it's like to be in the trenches. And they certainly know, you know, they learn. And you see it. You see it in a lot of guys. You see some guys, you know, the first time you see him, and, uh, you know, but you know, but he, he has a passion for it. And you see him a few years later, and you're like, wow, the kid's made some progress and really improved. And hopefully he's sought out the right people. And hopefully he has good people around him that, you know, tell him the truth. And that's the one thing we need in magic is people who, you know, tell 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 the truth. That's what I was saying about Kostya's speech the other day about, you know, drop the ego. We did that in college. After we did a show, we met on the following Sunday, the whole theater department, and we got together and we critiqued our show. And we were open to, you know, what other people had to say. And you don't you don't see that a lot in magic anymore. Um, unless unless you have a you know a, a good group, a good group of people that you can approach and and truly ask for an honest opinion. And I'm lucky I have people that, you know, that I can, I feel comfortable enough to go and say, hey, I don't, this isn't working. And I don't like the way this is going. And I want it to be better. And how can I do that? What seems to be the problem? Um, and I'd like to get together more. You know, because I mean, that's the tough part when you work five shows a day, five days a week. By the time you get home, you don't want to work on anything. I've done it all day long, you know, out in the heat. Um, I keep continue to read, but I sure would like to work on stuff more often. I kind of admire people who actually, you know, kind of have one-night stands and gigs here because they've got the time during the day to, to truly sit down and work on something. And um, there are times when I'm like, by the time I get home, and, and then i got to do home stuff, and I, I, I'm like wiped, <laughs> you know. But I'd like to be able to sit down and, to work on things. That's what I love about coming to conventions is you get the time to, to see good quality stuff and stuff you'd like to work on, and, you know, and meet other people who are willing to, uh, you know, help you along that, that route. It's definitely an inspiration boost. It is, it is. It's like kind of like, sometimes it's a, you know, overload. Right. Where you're like, oh my God, why didn't I write a note down about that thing? <laughs> And then you do go back to read your notes. You're like, what am I saying? Yeah. What was I scribbling? You know, I go back in some of my notes like that and I'm trying to write down effects that I, you know, liked. And, and then I think about that effect and, well, I got a, I got a touch now, an improvement on that. And I can't, I can't understand what I was writing. Uh, yeah. Sure. I even tried videotaping some of my stuff. And that, no. No. Yeah. I don't know. It's that's a tough, tough, tough call. Yeah, I admire never, never like watching myself. Well, that's the problem. I always, but always have someone else critique me because you're the you're the worst critic as yourself. You're your worst critic. Yeah. Man. Even in like you know the close up thing today, the card thing that I did didn't play the way I wanted it to play, but I got my way out of it. And the P and show game just you know that there was no problem that that I, I lived that so that, that's fun. But I w I've been working on this new card thing, and I wanted to put it out there and, and see if it had, you know, legs. Right. How do you feel like, how many times have you done this that you tried today? The card thing? Yeah. You know, that's the thing. I've done it on the streets, and it been okay, it's got been okay. But for some reason today, I got to a point where um, the deck's in a, a stack, and I looked right at the card, you know. And I know... Uh, somewhere in my brain, I just couldn't register. What was 
the card? Is, is it, does it scale down or does it scale up? And, <laughs> and then because of the way that the guy the guy shuffled, and he shuffled a lot of cards on one side before he shuffled the other, so the, the middle of my deck was really mixed. Right. And I went, oh. <laughs> I knew one of the cards right off the bat. I knew it. The second card, I didn't know if it was the previous or the later. And I went previous, and it should have been later. And I just, it just, because you, you're, you know, you're on a time constraint you're, yeah. and, and you're, you're trying to think about everything that's going on around. That's a, you know, magic's not easy. You know, a lot of people, you know, they watch it and they think it's easy, but I've, I've taught other actors to do magic in shows and they're like, this stuff is hard. You know, it's brain racking. Oh. So you're having to watch everything around you, your entire environment. You're keeping track of your people. You've got to be, you know, control the people on stage. You've got to control your magic. You've got to. Remember what you're saying out of your mouth. It's, yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. It's, it's, and at times, sadly, in today's society, you have to edit your own self, depending upon the people you're performing for. Sure. Yeah. But I, I, we got a great little group of you know like people in this town from because I hear a lot of other. Orlando's a great town. It's a nice little town with a great group of magicians. I hear other people go oh, live in other towns, and they're like, "Oh no, we don't, you know, we don't have a community. We've got a nice little community here, which is great to hear." And all at a very high level too. The the guys that live here, there's there's a lot of very high level. Yeah, really nice. working to get you know better. And yeah, and everybody's wanting to get better. Right. Yeah, which is important. Yeah. I think having the opportunities that we have here is for like being a tourist town mm-hmm. and being a family oriented tourist town. Yeah. We have a lot of opportunities as performers here. So yeah, and I think many of us play to a lot of family sure. environments. So our acts don't have to to go a certain round. Not that I don't uh, mind uh, when an act is, you know, blue in humor, but, uh, right. you know, and I've taken it that way sometimes too, depending on the. Crowd, but sure. It certainly teaches you that you don't have to, right. if you don't need to. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Or no, I think I think we got a lot of good stuff. We got about about thirty minutes. Oh, cool. Oh, really? Well, well yeah. ladies and gentlemen, once again, Josh Sandcamp, Jason Wellington, and of course, Mr. Terry Ward. If you're ever at the uh, Walt Disney World here in Orlando, check out uh, Hollywood Studios and. Uh, is it, is it still Hollywood Studios? It's still Disney's Hollywood Studios okay. right now, but I don't think that's going to last. It might be different. <laughs> so come out and uh, see Terry. It is a great character. It's a great show. And thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It was easy.